Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of all life, source of all life. As we hear again the story of the passion, let the same mind be in us that was in Christ, who was a servant that we might be made free. Awaken our ears, open our hearts, and sustain the weary with your word. Amen. So a few months ago, I was walking to the grocery store. We were in the thick of our deepest, darkest, rainiest winter. But that day was different. I had to shield my eyes from the sun with my hand. The sky was bright, powder blue. The air was cold and crisp, reminding me of the prairies back home instead of moist and bone-chilling, freezing. Everything was shiny that day. And so I was walking, I let out this deep, satisfied sigh because I was filled with this sense of complete gratitude. I think that this is what most of us say when we say, I experience God most in nature. Or as one woman said to me at the end of last Christmas Eve's service, Nature is my church, as she quickly escaped talking to the pastor as fast as she could. (laughs) She was bolting for church, I guess. Um, It makes sense. There's something transcendent, something awe-inspiring on days like that. And moments of such natural beauty and awe, there just seems to be more to life than usual. And you can say, amen, there is a God. Amen, there is a God. At that moment... For me, God was easy to see. But as I kept walking, I noticed a shift inside of myself. Because there it was, the junk house. The old Comox box with the tarp on the roof in lieu of new shingles. The peeling paint, the muddy, weedy yard, piles of useless junk from one end to the other. It actually sort of made me think back to my childhood in my parents' house, but anyway. Um, Maybe that's why it wasn't that good. Um, uh, The old rusted van with flat tires, you know. Every time I walk past that house, I shake my head, asking if the people who live there have any sense of pride in what they have. Every time I go by, I wonder, what kind of losers would let a place go like that? And this time, I thanked them for ruining what seemed like a holy pilgrimage to quality foods (laughs) with their carelessness and their ugly, ugly yard. You see, I went from praising God for the beauty of creation to cursing this eyesore in the middle of it simply because it's easy to see God in beautiful things. It's easy to find God in natural beauty, in our joys, in our triumphs. But the painful, the violent, the suffering, and the ugliness of our world, not so much. God is easy to see in some places and not other places. God is easier to spot in some places and not others. 
And this is no more true than in our scripture passage for today, the trial, torture, and death of Jesus. It started with a triumphant parade, people waving palms, crowds cheering and welcoming him in the city, but soon enough, Jesus was betrayed by his closest friend, Judas, and was handed over to the Roman authorities. And soon after, Jesus' friends, the ones who promised to be with him through thick and thin, they abandoned him altogether. It's hard to see God when your friends stab you in the back and when you're abandoned by the people who love you. Now, Jesus stands before Pilate, the governor. The local religious authorities want him executed for blasphemy. It's not a crime, so they argue for sedition, that Jesus is a traitor. And so they have this tra there's this tradition that Pilate frees a prisoner for Passover as, as a hand, an extended olive branch to the community. So he gives the crowd a choice, free the nonviolent prophet and healer Jesus, or free Barabbas, the murderous, violent revolutionary. And so the crowd calls for Jesus' blood, while Barabbas goes free. So it's hard to see God in injustice, poverty, political oppression, crooked governments, crooked systems, where killers walk and the innocent go without recompense. Then Jesus is whipped. He's dragged to the courtyard of the governor's mansion. There are a whole cohort, it says. 200 to 600 soldiers gather around. They toss a purple cloak over him and place a crown of thorns on his head, and they hold a mock coronation, laughing and hissing, Hail, King of the Jews. They beat him, they spit on him, they parade him to this place of execution, they nail him to a cross and divide his clothes among themselves. So it's hard to see God in the perpetrators of unspeakable violence, in gas chambers and battlefields, where human evil and brutality are on display. It's easy to see God in other places. During his crucifixion, Jesus hangs between two criminals, showing him as an object of contempt. The crowd mocks him, saying, if he's so powerful, why didn't he just take himself down? The religious leaders laugh, and saying he saved others, but he couldn't even save himself. Even the criminals crucified behind him throw jabs. They make fun of him. It's as low as it can possibly get. So it's hard to see God in the worst of our physical suffering or emotional anguish, our powerlessness. It's hard to see God in a bad diagnosis. It's hard to see God in a person who spent the better part of the month on the street. It's hard to see God in the bodies of broken and degraded human beings. Finally, at three o'clock, the moment of Jesus' death, he cries out to God, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, the Messiah, 
the one sent by God, the one who says the Father and I are one. A few people suggest he's calling out to the prophet Elijah who would come and rescue him. But it never happens. He's left alone. He gives out a loud cry, then breathes his last. So it's hard, maybe even hardest of all, to see God in an early unjust death. Because here, it's like Jesus himself can't even see God now. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God's easy to see in some places. God's easy to see in some people and sometimes. It's easy to see God in all the good stuff. But to see God in the worst, ugliest, most challenging parts of our existence, that's harder, much harder, if not impossible. Because God's easy to see in some places, but not others. And yet, and yet, according to today's scripture passage, it is the bad place, the suffering hurt place. That's exactly where God is. It says at the moment of Jesus' death, the curtain of the temple is torn in two. And then it says there's a Roman centurion and a captain of the guard standing by. Truly, he shouts, truly this man was God's son. This is the first time in Mark's gospel where every, anyone directly says this about Jesus. And it's an enemy that has no idea what that even means. So at the moment of Jesus' death in the temple, God's most concentrated presence, the place of God's most concentrated presence, the veil between God and creation is ruptured. And a Roman soldier, an enemy of Jesus and his people, is given a divine revelation. That's God's son. In this moment on the cross, the presence of God is poured out into creation. In this moment on the cross, the veil is lifted on the God who we can't really see and we finally see who God is and what God's up to in the world. In Jesus' trial, his torture, his crucifixion and death, God is nowhere to be seen, off the map, missing in action. This moment of suffering, humiliation, abandonment, betrayal, and death, it's precisely this moment, say the scriptures, that the curtain is torn in two and Jesus is shown as God's son. The great reformer Martin Luther called this the Theologia Abscondis, the hidden God, the hidden God. That we go looking for God in all the most obvious places. It's easy to see God in something like a baby's smile. It's easy to see God in our great achievements and our triumphs. It's easy to see God in a narrow, zigzagging path down to the ocean and a crisp, sunny summer day, winter day. 
And it's easy to see God in someone who dies with friends and family gathered around at the rage of 90. But it's precisely this moment in the cross, the scriptures tell us, this God-forsaken moment is where God is most present, God is most supreme. The cross is not just a piece of jewelry or a religious brand. The cross is the core symbol of Christianity because that's where God's work is fully on display, even though it's hidden to the naked eye. The resurrection is hidden in the crucifixion. And if it means that if we're able to see God there, see God on the cross, then we can see God anywhere. Especially where we need to see God the most. If we can see God on the cross, it means we can see God in the midst of our betrayal and abandonment and our loss, knowing we're never alone nor left to our own devices. On Good Friday, there's always hope for Easter Sunday. If we can see God on the cross, it means we can see God in the middle of oppression and injustice. It means we can work for social justice even when it seems there's no difference to be made, the hidden God. Knowing that the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice, we can trust that God's eternal kingdom of peace and justice is not only possible, but it's on its way. And not even the empires or powers of the world can hold it back. If we can see God on the cross, it means we can see God in our suffering and the suffering of others. It means we can no longer look at the junkie whose body has been twisted for months on the street and see a problem to be solved. Rather, we can see the broken body of our Lord and embrace them as a fellow sinner, a beloved child of God, a brother or sister in Christ. And if we see God on the cross, it means we can see God in ourselves. In our sadness, in our worst humiliations, in our most broken, most ugly places that we hide from everybody else. If we can see God on the cross, we can see ourselves as God sees us. Broken yet beloved, worth dying for, and worth going to hell and back. If we can see God on the cross, we can see God anywhere. It's easy to see God in some places and not others, but the promise of the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ is more than being able to see God in the true, beautiful, and the good. The good news is that it's where we can't see God, in the dark places of our world, the hurt, suffering places in our lives, and the ugly places of our hearts. Where we can't see God, that's where God is most at work planting seeds 
of resurrection beneath the cold dirt. It's easy to see God in some places and not others. So may we, may you see, may you look upon the broken, the hurt, and the ugly in our world and see the beauty of the work of the hidden God. A God whose arms stretched out on the cross are able to embrace it all and make everything new. And for this, thanks be to God. Amen. Please stand, sing, when we are tempted to deny your son. 